0: You're listening to Code Red with Secure America Now, the largest national security grassroots army. We
1: are pleased to have with us today Ron Dermer, Israel's ambassador to the United States. Welcome, Ron. (coughs) Ambassador Dermer uh, has uh, described, I I would like you to think about how you would describe the United States' relationship with the state of Israel at this time, and would you share your insights into how collaboration between the United States and Israel on issues like Iran is actually in the best interest of both countries?
0: Well first, uh, uh, let me thank you for the interview and also um, uh, thank you for all you do to keep uh, America safe and to keep uh, Israel safe. I will tell you that in terms of the relations between the United States and Israel, uh, they have never been stronger. Uh, Just take a look uh, at the last 12 months, which are probably the best 12 months we've ever had in the relations between the two countries. Uh, we started 12 months ago with the historic move of the American Embassy to Jerusalem last May. Uh, and at the end of uh, March, President Trump made another historic decision to recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. We've seen over the last year a dramatic change in America's policy towards Iran. Uh, last May, President Trump withdrew the United States from the nuclear deal with Iran. He restored American sanctions. He ended a lot of the waivers recently that allowed certain countries to buy oil from Iran. He designated the Iranian Revolutionary Guard a foreign terrorist organization. And it was, you know, it was great that he did that uh, because the Iranian regime is the world's foremost sponsor of terrorism. And it's nice that the president made important that the president made this bold decision to To call them out on it, to designate them as a foreign terrorist organization, and I think that will increase the pressure on Iran. And you've seen over the last year, and really since President Trump came into office, tremendous support for Israel uh, at the United Nations under his uh, previous ambassador, Nikki Haley. America's still looking to get a new ambassador there, but she was um, a tremendous advocate, both for the United States and for Israel. And you see the support that the administration has given us uh, in many Uh, international, in in the entire international arena. One issue that is not on a lot of people's minds is the whole issue of the International Criminal Court that just closed the case against uh, American soldiers in Afghanistan. And this is an unelected body that sits in the heart of Europe and that would pass judgment on, on the world's democracies that are not even members of this court. And it was important for the United States to make clear its position on the ICC. And it's important that they included us, Israel as well as another ally uh, where they are protecting and defending uh, and will insist that, uh, that we not be held to account by an unaccountable body to which we're not a member. So, on so many different areas, many that people know, many that they don't know, uh, the United States and the Trump administration has been a tremendous friend of Israel. But I'll tell you something more than that, Alan. I believe that Israel will be the most important ally of the United States in the 21st century. And I don't say that because our policies are aligned on a number of important issues today under President Trump, like uh, policy towards Iran. I say that because I think two forces are pulling Israel and the United States closer and closer together. One is security, and the other is technology. If you were president of the United States and you had to choose only one country around the world to be your security partner for the next half century, who would it be? And when you think about security, think about a few things. Think about an army that can defend itself by itself, where you don't have to put American boots on the ground, but is willing to uh, defend itself and to fight its own battles. Think about an intelligence agency that another country would have that not only could protect it, but can protect you and protect your citizens by valuable intelligence that it can pass on. Think about new threats like cybersecurity threats. What are the countries that have... Uh, Abilities in order not only to protect itself, but to protect American citizens. I think if you're honest about it and you think around the world, which are the countries that actually would be our best security partner for the next half century, I think there's probably only two countries that would be on that list. It's probably Israel and Great Britain. And now think about something else. If you could choose only one technology partner for the next half century, who would it be? And here, I think Israel is is well beyond any country in the world uh, besides the United States. There are two great centers of innovation in the world. One of them is in Silicon Valley. The second is in what we call Silicon Wadi in Israel. We are a global technological power in agriculture, in water, in cyber, as I said, in autonomous vehicles, in artificial intelligence, all these technologies of the future. So if you're looking for a partner around the world, that can help keep Americans safe, and can help keep Americans prosperous, there is no better partner than the State of Israel. And I think you will see this alliance, our alliance, grow stronger and stronger in the years ahead as that becomes more and more obvious to the people of the United States.
1: In the Middle East, where Israel resides, there have been reports, there have been reports about Israel getting closer, building relations with its Arab neighbors. Is that being helped by the Trump administration? Is that Why is that happening?
0: Well, it has been. I'll explain to you what's happening. It's, it's bigger than the Trump administration, but there's no question that they have helped in their policies. They've helped accelerate it. What is happening is that Israel's rising as a power in the world. There was a ranking that came out uh, a couple of months ago that listed Israel as the eighth most powerful country in the world, which is pretty remarkable considering we're the size of New Jersey with all of nine million citizens. And we are a rising power because of security capabilities and because of technological capabilities. So our ties are expanding with countries around the world countries in Asia, like Japan and and India, countries in Africa, countries in South America, all over the world, people want to partner with Israel to keep, as I said, to keep their people safe and to keep their peoples prosperous. That is also true of many leaders in the Arab world today, some of them who don't have diplomatic relations with us. They see in Israel, no longer do they see Israel, I should say, as an enemy, but as a potential ally in confronting common challenges. And really. You know, one of the things that helped accelerate this was the nuclear deal <clears throat> nuclear deal with Iran. I mean, it was so bad, and it helped empower Iran so much that it actually brought Israel and the Arab world together. That was a silver lining to a very dark cloud. So they're very, very concerned, our Arab neighbors, that the rise of Iran as a power that not only threatens Israel, they're openly committed to Israel's destruction, but Iran also threatens them, and you see that every day in the Middle East, where Iran is using proxies to attack our Arab neighbors. The other thing that happened is they're very concerned, certain countries in the Arab world, by the rise of Sunni uh, fanaticism. So on the one hand, you have Shia fanaticism led by Iran, but you also have Sunni fanaticism. Al-Qaeda was 1.0, ISIS is 2.0, and there will be a 3.0, and they're very concerned about that. And what these Arab countries around us, what they see is that america has essentially in their view it may be a wrong perception but this is their view that america is basically abandoning the middle east and this is something that they saw um during the obama administration but they also see a continuation of that policy and so in their perception they have rising threats against them and they see that the united states is detaching itself from the region and when they see that they look around And they look at a country like israel that is a powerful country in the region and they say wow we should partner with this country for our own needs and our own security and i think that's happened and the second thing that's also driving us closer to the arab states is as i said before israel is a global technological power and if you think about the traditional arab boycott of israel where they wouldn't buy anything from israel or trade with israel that's about as smart as oregon Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, and half of Southern California boycotting Silicon Valley. It makes no sense. You have a global technological power in your backyard. And to the extent that there are leaders in the Arab world that want to move their countries forward, decades, even centuries forward, and I think there are some leaders like that in the Arab world, Israel is a terrific partner for them to do that. The problem they have, frankly, Alan, is that they have been poisoning their populations for 70 years against Israel. And it's hard for them to simply turn on a dime. Now they understand the importance of having a relationship with Israel. I think many of these leaders want to have a relationship with Israel, but they're really looking for a way to move that forward. And perhaps. Uh, the administration's new peace initiative in, in, in the weeks or months ahead, whenever they roll it out, uh, maybe it will provide a platform for getting some of these Arab states to begin a long-term process of reconciliation with Israel, which I think will be good for us and I think good for America.
1: As Israel celebrates its 71st anniversary, there are positive developments, which you have been discussing here, there has also been a rise, especially in Europe, of what has been coined as the new anti-Semitism. Can you share with us your view on the problem and the seeming rise of anti-Semitism in the Western world? Yeah, I
0: think what happened, uh, Alan, is that for a half-century After the Holocaust, it was politically incorrect in the Western world to be anti-Semitic. And I think a lot of people thought that was the new normal. But in fact, what you have with the resurgence of anti-Semitism is a return to the norm. Because anti-Semitism was the norm for 2,000 years. And to a certain extent, the Holocaust has distorted um people's understanding of anti-semitism and the reason why I say that it is such a it is like a blinding sun that blocks out all the anti-semitic stars because it is such a it is such a monumental event of hatred towards Jews that people forget that century after century after century before the Holocaust 25 centuries you had anti-Semitic attack after attack after attack, pogroms and massacres and persecutions and expulsions of Jews. There was an attack uh, in in France a couple of years ago against the Jewish target there, Jewish community there. And I remember uh, the president, the former prime minister, I should say, of France said, "You know." Um, these types of attacks we stand against them in france and france's history is not the same thing as the history of other countries in europe we're not spain we didn't expel the jews and it turns out that this person actually didn't have a good advisor because if he would have just googled it he would have found out that france did expel the jews not once but twice it expelled the jews in the middle ages france expelled the jews and spain expelled the jews and portugal expelled the jews and britain expelled the jews Antisemitism was the norm of history, it is the oldest hatred and it is the most malleable hatred. But after the Holocaust, because this hatred boiled over and six million Jews were murdered during the Holocaust, a third of the Jewish people, and for your American listeners to understand what that meant for the Jewish people, a third of your people is like losing over a hundred million Americans. And if you can't wrap your mind around that number, imagine a 9-11 every day for a century that's what the holocaust did for the jewish people it is such a seismic event and people thought afterwards that you know anti-semitism had had reached its crescendo and it was going to be a thing of the past at least in western society and it's not now it's returning and it's returning in force so now we're going back to the norm and you see it sometimes there is anti-semitism of the traditional kind of white supremacists or neo-nazis you saw that in the attack um in pittsburgh uh, at the synagogue with, where 11 people were murdered, you saw it in an attack in next to San Diego in Poway, California, where another uh, a woman was killed by a white supremacist. You see it in the rise of attacks on, uh, by Islamists, which happens in many, many places uh, throughout Europe. And, and you see it also masked um, behind uh, hatred towards Israel. To be that the mark of anti-semitism historically was the singling out of the jewish people to treat jews to a different standard than you treat uh, uh, anyone else any other people now the mark of anti-semitism often is the singling out of israel to make it uh, to subject it to criticism that you subject no other country in the world to subject it to a calumny that you subject no other country to the world to hold israel to a different standard to cast it as a force for evil in the world And this is basically a brand new face to an old, old problem. And we see uh, a problem for not only Jews in Europe, that's been going on for a couple decades now. You know, it's rare, Alan, that you'll go to a synagogue in Europe and that there won't be police officers outside. That's something that they haven't had to have in America. Uh, But there are concerns now that antisemitism really has come to America's shores because of this attack in Pittsburgh and Poway over the last six months. And it's very important to fight against this antiSemitism, what I will tell you is antiSemitism is a very old problem. Um, what is new, what is really new today is that the Jewish people have the ability to fight anti-Semitism, because we were a stateless and powerless people for 2,000 years, and we were subject to every evil under the sun. So it is true that anti-Semitism has come back, but n- now the Jewish people, through the sovereign state of Israel, have the ability to fight back against those who hate us, uh, and we will do that, and we'll fight it you know with our voice by challenging anti-Semites around the world, but we fight it with arms also, with those people who would like to annihilate the one and only Jewish state. That's new. AntiSemitism is an old problem. it's been going on for 2,500 years. What's new? is that we finally have the ability to fight back. And in a in fact, there's, there's, in a sense, there's been an irony about the return of anti-Semitism because those of you listeners who know something about the history of Zionism know that the early Zionists believed, and this is 50 years before the Holocaust, Theodore Herzl and others believed, you know, if we establish a Jewish state, we'll put an end to anti-Semitism because their analysis of the problem was that the Jews were a minority everywhere but a majority nowhere and they said look if we could have if the jewish people would have a state of their own then we would be treated like all the other peoples of the world and what's ironic is that anti-semitism has sort of come full circle because a century ago in Theodore Herzl's time people thought the reason for anti-semitism is that the jews did not have a state now many people believe the reason for anti-semitism is the jews do have a state Then 100 years ago, they said to the Jews, Jews, go to Palestine. Now they tell the Jews, Jews, get out of Palestine. And the truth is, is that Israel is not the uh, cause or the cure uh, for anti-Semitism, but Israel did give the Jewish people, while it didn't end hatred towards the Jewish people, it did give us the power to fight back. And we will use that power to defend ourselves. I'd like to say one other thing to your listeners about this last problem of anti-Semitism, and that is one of uh, there's an effort underway in many quarters to promote boycott divestment and sanction against israel and there is a means to fight against this what they want to do these people who support the so-called BDS mo- movement is they're singling out israel for special treatment and they want israel uh because they can't defeat it on the battlefield they're going to try to put the economic sanctions on israel look i don't think they're going to succeed because i think that israel is a global technological power and I think people want uh, our products that we produce and our innovations not because they're Zionists but because they're some of the best products in the world but I think it's morally outrageous and it's a moral attack against the Jewish people and I think it has to be fought in moral terms and I hope your listeners in states around the country can insist that their own governments will pass legislation uh, to make clear that BDS is unacceptable so if you're going to boycott Israel You know, our state agencies, we're not going to do business with you. Just as we would fight discrimination against African-Americans or any other group, uh, we should fight discrimination against the one and only Jewish state. The people who support BDS, they want to end the state of Israel. It is fundamentally an anti-Semitic movement because they treat Israel by a different standard than they treat any other country in the world. And I think it would be, um, I think it's very important... Uh, to fight this, not just at the federal level, but also at the state level. And I'll tell you something else. I would like to see um, uh, Christian Americans lead this effort, not just Jewish Americans who are fighting it, but a lot of Christian Americans, some of them understand this issue and they're fighting it. I'd like to see it, and I'll tell you why. Because there's been a transformation of the Jewish people's relationship uh, with the Christian world, and it's definitely true of, of Christians in the United States. And after many, many centuries of enmity, we move towards friendship. And you've seen that happen in the tremendous support that millions of Christians throughout the United States give to the state of Israel. I think because of the history of antisemitism within the Christian world against Jews and the transformation that we have in our relations with Christians today in America, I think if they are at the vanguard of this struggle fighting this new antisemitism. I think then we would move the relationship from one of friendship to real partnership. And I think it would be a tremendous thing to have uh, devout Christians throughout the United States of America stand up to this new form of anti-Semitism and really stand with the one and only Jewish state and help secure our common future.
1: Well, I want to thank you for making this addendum on BDS. Uh, You should be aware that Secure America Now, which has over 5 million active members, that we are involved in fighting this anti-Semitic movement. Our organization, and the vast majority of our people, are in fact not Jewish. There are Jews involved in Secure America Now, but the majority of them are Christians, are God-fearing Christians, are pro-Israel, And we will continue our efforts and the point that you make about on the federal level, but also on the state level, is something that we take very seriously, where, in fact, you go after the state of Israel economically and culturally and try to shut down the state. We, as Americans, will stand by Israel and you will pay a price for doing that. So sometime in the future, in the near future, perhaps you'll come back and we'll get an update on the BDS or the anti-BDS efforts. I was just in Washington on Thursday actually meeting with members, both Democrats and Republicans, on this particular issue. Extremely important issue, and I'm glad you raised it. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for all your support. Ambassador Ron Dermer, I want to thank you for taking the time and sharing your insights on America's relationship with Israel as well as on anti-Semitism. You're doing a great job representing the state of Israel and bringing our country closer together. And we look forward to having you back on one of our podcasts sometime in the future. And uh, once again, thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to Code Red with Secure America Now. We are the largest national security digital platform in the nation, dedicated to bringing critical security issues to the forefront of the American debate. For more information, visit our website at www.secureamericanow.org.